This is the verse we looked at last week. We're on a little, a little break for one uh, Wednesday night only on our study of angels. I want to focus on a word that's mentioned uh, where these devils, these demons uh, go. And many, uh, so we'll look at the verse together and want to focus on the word hell tonight, H-E-L-L. And uh, look at that tonight in, from many different perspectives. But in 2 Peter chapter 2, please, 2 Peter 2, there is no handout for tonight. So you can just sit back and relax and absorb what I want to share with you. Um, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, many of you are familiar with this verse. We looked at it several times already in our study on angels. It said, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to where? to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness, and to be reserved unto the judgment. Now, last week we talked about some possibilities of what the sin they did. Evidently, of the angels, remember, there are two groups of angels. There, there are the holy angels, God's angels, and there's the evil angels. And among the evil angels, they were also called the devil's angels, there's two categories of them. There are fallen and free, and fallen and chained. Now, all of them are fallen. That means they fell with Lucifer when he was cast out of heaven. So among the two, there's some that are free. They're called demons, and we did, we did a study on them, and they are free to roam around in this earth. But there's also a group that are chained, and they're mentioned here. It says the angels that sinned. So if there's a group of angels that, that did a particular sin that would cause them to be chained unto darkness prior to their judgment. Now, they'll be judged one day in the future along with Satan, but evidently there was a certain group that did something terribly wrong that God did not allow them to roam free, but he already had chained them and put them in, uh, into a place called hell. So tonight, I'd like to look at that place called hell, the place that these angels are, uh, have been chained we're going to look at the, the uh, hell from many different perspectives. So the title here tonight is, Where Does a Person Go When He Dies? We're going to do a study of life and death, both in the old uh, life, uh, excuse me, a study of life after death, excuse me, uh, both the Old and New Testament. And so we're going to look at, and we'll see through this, the word hell, and also focus on where these angels, these fallen angels are. So first of all, uh, turn with me to the book of Luke, please. Luke, here it says, Where did the rich man and Lazarus go when they died? Go to Luke chapter 16, please. Luke chapter 16. Of course, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book of the New Testament. One person said, Pastor, why do you insult my Bible intelligence by telling that? Because, you know, there's not everybody knows the Bible as well as you do. And some people, when they mention a book, they have no idea where it's at. And so I do that for these fairly new believers, or those that do not know the Bible very well. And so I think I told you, I trusted Christ as an eight-year-old boy. But it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I dedicated my life to serve the Lord. And, and at that time, began to study the Bible. I went to a Bible study, and the, the teacher was named Dr. Hank Lindstrom. I learned tremendous Bible teaching from him. And Dr. Lindstrom, one time, he made a statement, and it, it, was, a, it was humorous, but I didn't realize it at the time. And he said, turn to me in the Old Testament, the book of hesitations. And I, <laughs> and I went looking for it, and I couldn't find it. Of course, it's not there. <laughs> but it showed you my ignorance of the Bible. Even I've been saved for many, many years, but I never studied it. And so now... I know hesitation is not in the, in the Bible anywhere. And so, but anyway, so I realize there's a lot of Christians have been saved for many years that are ignorant of the Bible because they never studied the Bible, never been taught the Bible, though they believe it. So in Luke chapter 16, I'd like to begin in verse 19, please. Uh, many people teach that this is a parable. This is not a parable. Usually when the Lord taught a parable, you know what he said? He said, this is a parable. <laughs> But in the parables, he never used a personal name. In this story, he used the name of Lazarus. So this is a real story of two people. One is named by name, the other one is not. So Luke 16, verse 19. And there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. So this rich man, notice what color his clothing was. 
purple. That was a sign of royalty. So maybe he was a king, maybe he was a prince, but he was in a royal lineage by the very color of the garment he wore. And he fared sumptuously every day. It was, he lived high on the hog. He was very wealthy. He definitely he had a royal lineage and fared sumptuously every day. Verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. So what a contrast here. A very wealthy man who had all that the uh, society and world could offer him. And also the very poor man, so poor he lived out on the streets and laid at the gates of this rich man's uh, house. In verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the rich, or the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, and moreover the dogs came and licked his sore. So evidently he was very poor, very hungry, very sick, very unhealthy, that dogs would come and lick his sores. But in verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar, what? He died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. That's an important word, Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In verse 23, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then it says in verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented where? In this flame. Verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted, and thou art what? Tormented. And in verse 26, and beside all this, between us and you, there was a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence, you cannot, neither can they pass to us, uh, to whence they come from thence. So basically, these people, both people, went to a place called hell. The Greek word is the word Hades. This place had two compartments, a place of comfort, a place of torment. And notice, uh, Lazarus and Abraham was in the place of comfort. That place of comfort was also called Abraham's bosom. And uh, But the rich man went to a place of torment. In fact, it said, in, in the flames. And notice, that as he talked about, if somebody wanted to go from one side to the other, they could not because there's a great gulf fixed, a barrier fixed between the two. So this is one compartment, with two, uh, one place with two compartments, one was a place of comfort. One was a place of torment. One was a place of believers. One was a place of unbelievers. And they could talk to each other. They could see each other. Remember the rich, the rich man in flames said, Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, may he touch his finger in water and touch my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. So they could see each other. They could talk to each other. They could not pass to each other. There was a gulf fix between the two that divided them. So one was a place of comfort. It was called Abraham's bosom. One was a place of torment. But the whole place was called hell. The Greek word is Hades. So let me give you a little, uh, it says there again in verse 22 of Luke 16, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Remember that place? The rich man also died, was buried, and in hell... Now, I'm going to show you in a few moments the word hell there. The Greek word is Hades. Hades. And he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. So this place called hell, again, had two compartments. The place of comfort was called Abraham's bosom, where Abraham was. That's where the Old Testament saints went when they died. And this unbeliever, called rich man, went to the bottom part, the lower part, called place of torment. So here is a diagram. Notice, I'm going to show you later on, this place called Hades is in the heart of the earth. The earth in which we live, this place is in the heart, the center of the earth. I'm going to show you that from Scripture. It's called, in, in the English language, it's called hell. In the Greek language, it's called Hades. The translators translated the word Hades into hell. And it's in the heart of the earth. If you notice in the center there, the top part says Lazarus dwelt here, here. That's called Abraham's bosom. And below the lower parts where the rich man dwelt. 
And so, first of all, notice between the two, there's a great gulf. You see that? And then also, the lower part is the place of torment. That's where the rich man dwelt. He was there. Remember, he was in flames. He was being tormented. And he said just a drop of water on his tongue would cool him. My friend, that's torment. Just touch my tongue with a drop of water and I get some relief. And, of course, people in hell, their prayers are never answered. And so he's there. It's a place from it. But notice the top part. That's where Lazarus dwelt. It was also called Abraham's bosom. Who else was there with Lazarus? Abraham. Remember, remember the uh, rich man said, Abraham, have mercy on me. So the top part is where the Old Testament saints went when they died. That's where Abraham was. That's where Lazarus was because he was a believer. But also that top part is called paradise. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in my kingdom, thy kingdom. And what did he say? He said, today you'll be with me where? In paradise. I'm going to show you that when Jesus Christ died, before he ascended to heaven, he first descended and went to the heart of the earth. And he went to that place called Abraham's bosom. It was also called paradise. I'm going to show you why he went there later on in our study. So that upper place is called Abraham's bosom. It was a place of comfort. It's a place where all Old Testament saints went when they died, a place called paradise. And the bottom part was called a place of torment where the unbelievers went. Now, so where is hell? Where is this place at called Hades? I'm going to show you over and over again. The Bible clearly says hell is speaking as you stand on the earth, is considered down. Look for the word down in our scripture here. Psalms 55, verse 15. Let death seize upon them and let them go where? Down, down quick into hell. Another one, Proverbs 15, 24. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell, what? Beneath. Now, if you remember... If this place called hell is in the heart of the earth, then no matter where you lived on the earth, it'd always be where? Down. That's true. Isaiah 14, verse 15. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. That's talking in that context. It's talking about Lucifer. It's judgment, ultimate judgment. He'll be cast into hell. Ezekiel 31, 16. When I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit. And so uh, I'm going to share with the Old Testament in just a moment. So each of these Old Testament scriptures refers to hell as a located downward. But also true in the New Testament. In Luke 10, verse 15, Thou Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, thou sh shalt thou, excuse me, shalt be thrust where? Down to hell. So the New Testament bears the same as the Old Testament, that hell is downward. 2 Peter 2, verse 4. If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them, what? Down to hell and be delivered into the chains of darkness to be reserved under judgment. So it says both in the Old New Testament, this place called hell, the Greek word is called Hades, is down. And I'm going to show you as we go on that it is in the heart of our earth. And so again, no matter where you stand on the earth, if you're in the other side in Australia, or here in America, hell is always down. <laughs> it's in the heart of the earth. That's what Scripture teaches. Now, there's three different Greek words translated as hell. So there's three different Greek words. They're different in the Greek, but they're translated in one English word, hell. And it can be confusing. I think it would have been better if the translator would translate it literally. And, but they did not. They translated three different Greek words, all speaking of a different place, into one English word, hell. And so you have to go to the Greek to find out what place it's talking about. So the first one is Hades. Hades is in the heart of the earth. We saw that already. Then we saw in Lazarus, chapter 16. It said, Luke 16, the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell, the Greek word is Hades. He lifted up his eyes, being told, everybody get the sign-up sheet tonight? Did you get the Roman sheet? They did not get it over there. If you hold your hand up, Rod just loves to pass that thing around. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> Over there, Brian. 
Thank you for doing that for me. Uh, but notice in hell. So the Greek word is Hades. So this rich man and both Lazarus was in hell, Hades. Remember, Hades had two compartments, but the rich man was in the lower compartment, which is a place of torment. So Hades is one Greek word translated English word hell. The next one is Gehenna. You've heard of Gehenna? Gehenna is the lake of fire. This is what we normally think of hell. Where in, the, in the final judgment, the great white throne judgment, where, where the unsaved people are cast in the lake of fire, the lake of fire is the Greek word is Gehenna, though it's translated in the English word hell. In Mark 9, 43, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than to enter two hands and go into hell, that's the word Gehenna, into the fire that never shall be quenched. I'm going to show you later that Hades and Gehenna have the same characteristics. Because remember, the rich man was in Hades. Why he was there, he was in flame, fire. He was in torment. And we're going to show you later on in the great white throne judgment, God empties Hades, all the unsaved there, bring them up for judgment, and then they're cast into Gehenna. Can I say that again? Don't let me confuse you. What God does to the great white throne judgment, it says death and hell were delivered up. The word hell there is Hades. So right now, when an unbeliever dies, he doesn't go to Gehenna. He goes to Hades. And he remains there until the great white throne judgment. And then he's delivered up, judged according to his works. Then he's cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna. But you're going to find out Hades has the same characteristics as Gehenna does. It's like if someone breaks the law and robs a bank or shoots someone, first of all, the sheriff or the deputies get him and take him to the county jail. He had remained there until, he, until the trial date. Then maybe he since then he's put in the state penitentiary. Now, the county jail has the same characteristics as the state penitentiary. But once a holding place until trial comes, then they're placed in the permanent place. Are you with me so far? Hades is a holding place where the unsaved go and they stay there until they're delivered up and they're cast into Gehenna, which is the permanent place. Have I confused you yet? Okay. <laughs> well, well, hopefully we'll learn more. The third place is called Tartarus. This is not what's on your teeth when you have to go to the... Uh, to the uh, uh, dentist. <laughs> he scrapes off the tartar. <laughs> but it's not the same way they go out. This is where the fallen angels are. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, for if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to what? The word hell there, the Greek word is Tartarus. So the three Greek words is Hades. The second one is Gehenna. The third word is Tartarus. And, and so, they're all different places, and, and uh, um, uh, so, but they're all translated in one English word, hell. <laughs> I remember one time, uh, my, uh, one of my Bible professors was doing a Bible study, and he was um, reading that Luke 16, where it said, well, Lazarus, it's the rich man was cast into hell, and he says that the, the Greek word there is Hades. And somebody raised their hand, says, uh, you, know, you know, the professor, said, professor, my Bible says hell, H-E-L-L. -L. He said, I know it says that, but in the Greek it says Hades. He said, wait a minute, my Bible says hell, H-E-L-L. -L. And so, of course, that's what the English translation said, but if you go to the Greek, it is the, the original is the word here. In fact, the word here is Tartarus. That's the third place. Are you with me so far? So there's three different Greek words, different places, translated in one English word, hell. And we're going to look at each one of those. So, now the Old Testament Hebrew word translated hell. Now we all, we talked about the Greek, the three different Greek words. Don't let me lose. Just somebody said, I know the Greek, he lives down the road, makes good sandwiches. <laughs> no, not talking about that. I'm talking about the, uh, the Greek language and the Hebrew. The Hebrew, excuse me, in the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And so here, the Hebrew word for hell is the word sheol. 
S-H-E-O-L. It is equivalent to the Greek word Hades. I'm going to show you that. So the Old Testament word Sheol in the Hebrew is the equivalent. It talks about the same place the Greek word Hades is referring to. Psalm 55, verse 16. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into Sheol. Notice it's down. So the Old Testament word Sheol is talking about the same place New Testament word Hades referring to. Numbers, turn there, please. Numbers. Numbers chapter 16. You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, then Deuteronomy. So you know you're close. Numbers chapter 16. This is my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 16. Let me give you the background here. God had appointed the tribe of Levi, a certain part of them, as the ones that would be the spokesman for God. And that was Moses. And, and the priests would be that of, uh, of Aaron and his family. But there were other priests, I mean, of the tribe of Levi, that felt like Moses was taking too much upon himself. Basically, said, who do you think you are, Moses? Seeing that we're all priests, that you're the one who's a spokesman for God. And so uh, God uh, is going to make it very clear uh, to the other priest that he has chosen Moses to be his mouthpiece. And he did it in such a way that they would never forget. And so if you would look in Luke, uh, Numbers 16, verse 25, please. They read the context prior to this. There was a group of men got together and confronted Moses publicly and said, Moses, you take too much upon yourself. Who do you think you are? And, and notice what it says here. In verse 24, 25, Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abram. The elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men. These are the men that confronted Moses and told Moses, you, Who do you think you are? You take too much upon yourself. And Moses, it's not that I'm special. God called me. I'm in this position. God placed me there. And so they said, well, we, need, we want to be there too. He said, no, God didn't call you. But basically, he said in verse 26, he spake in the congregation, depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. Verse 27, so they get up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. These are men that confronted Moses and said, came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives, their sons, and their little children. Verse 28. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own hand. When he's saying, God chose me, I did not take this upon myself. God put me in this position. Verse 29. He said, If these men, these men, goes back to uh, Dathan, Korah, and Abraham, if these men die a common death as all men, if they be visited after the visitation of men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But, verse 30, but if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go quick down into the what? The word pit is the Hebrew word sheol. And it goes on to say, then ye shall understand that these things the men have provoked the Lord. Verse 31. And it came to pass as he made the end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them and the earth opened up, her, opened up her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses, all the men that appertain unto them and all their goods. Verse 33. They and all that appertain to them went down alive into the pit. That is the word Sheol. Pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. So we learned several things from this. First of all, it's a dangerous thing to confront God's chosen and the man that God chose. So basically, what Moses said, okay, let's find out. Did God call me and put me in this position, or did I take this upon myself? He said, here's what I'm going to decide. These men that confronted me and said, I've took this upon myself, 
if they die a normal death as anybody else, then God didn't call me. They are right. I'm wrong. Yet if God prevents you, does something special. And he, he explained it. If the earth opened it up and these men fall alive down in the center of the earth and the and earth closes up, then you know God called me that I'm right and they're wrong. And what did happen? Exactly what happened. The earth opened up and these men went down alive into the place the New Testament calls Hades, the place of torment, and also the ultimate shield. I, I, you ever played a Monopoly when it says, go to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go straight to jail. These people did not pass go, did not collect $200, they went straight to hell. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they went down there alive. Can you imagine? I mean, open up and they fell straight down there. But again, let you know, where is it located? Down in the heart of the earth. That's true both of the Old and New Testament. All right, let's move on. Number 16. Again, the verse we read, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit. The word pit, there's the word sheol. And the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. All right, here it is again. Here's this little diagram help you to see uh, many of your visual learners maybe you can see for that notice this circle it represents earth and the in the heart of the earth there's a place there's another circle the old testament is word is hades the new testament word is sheol and notice again go back to what we already previously saw the top part is where lazarus dwelt this is where the believers of the old testament went when they died the bottom part was the place of torment. It's also, I'm going to sh this bottom part is also Tartarus, where the fallen angels went. So the fallen angels did go to hell. They went to the lower part of Hades, and they were chained in the fire of everlasting judgment. So the lower part of this place called Hades, it was called Tartarus. So basically... The bottom part, the place of torment, that's where the rich man was. That's where all unbelievers, listen carefully please, both of the Old Testament and the New Testament, even today, when an unbeliever dies, that's where he goes. He goes to the bottom part, the place of torment. There he's waiting for the judgment and later on be cast in the place called Gehenna. And it says, where Korah and all his followers went. Remember, the earth opened up and swallowed them. They went down to the bench. They went to the lower part, the place of torment. But also, you notice this then, this is called the bottomless pit. If you read Revelation 20, 1 through 3, do not turn there. This is where Satan is judged, and he's taken, and he's thrown into the bottomless pit. He is chained there for 1,000 years. Then he's released and it brings forth a battle called the Battle of Gog and Magog, and the Lord uh, defeats him. Then he's cast into Gehenna. And so basically, this is where he, he'll be chained. In this bottom part where the other demons are, he'll be chained there for 1,000 years during the millennial reign of Christ. Then he's released, and, he, and he's allowed to come to see the nations once more. You read about it in Revelation 20, and then he's judged and he's cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna. Remember, Gehenna was not prepared for men. Remember, the, the hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. That is Gehenna. That particular place of eternal judgment was prepared for Satan and his demons. Now, the unsaved people go there because they reject Christ as Savior, though it was not prepared for them. But notice between the two parts where Lazarus dwelt and where the un, uh, unsaved dwelt was a great gulf. Are you with me so far? Does it make sense? Is it clear? Clear as mud, someone said. All right, let's move on. Before Christ's death, all believers and unbelievers went to Hades when they died. Let me say that again. Before Jesus Christ died on the cross, all the Old Testament saints and all the Old Testament unbelievers went to this place. The saints, the believers, went to the upper part, the place of comfort, we saw that because Abraham was there. 
all the Old Testament unbelievers go to the lower part, a place of torment. That's before the cross of Calvary. Why? Because Hebrews 10.4, for it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Remember in the Old Testament, those who believed in God, according to the book of Leviticus, they worship God through animal sacrifices. They go to the tabernacle of the temple. When they sin, offer up a blood sacrifice, animal sacrifice, and that blood sacrifice was called an atonement. The word atonement means covering. The blood of bull and ghost never took away their sin. It only covered their sin until the Lamb of God could come and wash it away. So basically, the Old Testament saints, they, they, their sins were covered by the blood of animals. So they didn't go to heaven because their sins were not yet paid for, only covered by the blood of an animal. They went to this place uh, called a place of comfort. Another one, John one twenty nine. The next day, John, about John the Baptist, seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the what? Take away, please. In the Old Testament, when they sinned, they offered up an animal sacrifice according to the Levitical law, and that animal sacrifice was called an atonement for the sin. It was a covering. So when they died, they went to Hades, the upper part, the place of comfort. Abraham was there. And they waited there until the Lamb of God could come and pay for the sin and wash it away. The difference was the Old Testament sacrifice only covered the sin. My friend, Jesus Christ's blood does not cover your sin. It washes it away. And then after the cross... All believers do not go to Hades anymore. That part, they go directly to heaven. All right. Are you with me so far? This is a mouthful, isn't it? All right. In fact, Jesus went to Hades during the three days and nights he was dead. I'm going to show you that. When he died, where was he at the three days, three nights before he arose again? He, the Bible said, before he ascended, he first descended. So show me that, Pastor. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> First of all, Acts, go to Acts, you would please, in your Bible. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, please. Acts chapter 2. Here in the context is talking about David of the Old Testament. And David made a statement that literally it was a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2. Look with me in verse 22, please. Here, Peter was preaching, and he's talking about, of course, Jesus Christ here, preaching the gospel to these, those in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, 22, it said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by many miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and what? Slain. Then it goes on to say, for whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Verse 25. For David, talking about the Old Testament David who wrote the book of Psalms, speaketh concerning him. I said, I foresaw the Lord, is what he said. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, and he's on my right hand that I should not be moved. Verse 26, therefore did my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Now, in the Old Testament, that word hell would be Sheol, but here in the New Testament is the word Hades. Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Now, who is he talking about here? Jesus Christ. Look down to verse 31. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, Sheol, the Old Testament, Hades, neither his flesh did see corruption. All right. What he's saying here is that when Christ died, he went to Hades. He remained there for three days. Remember, then he wrote, come back and rose from the dead, and then 50 day, 40 days later, he ascended to the Father. 
Now, look at the, this next verse. Again, it says there, seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul, talking about the soul of Christ, was not left in Hades, neither his flesh did see corruption. So Hades is the center of the earth. How do we know? Matthew 12, 40. This verse here, let me back up. The Jews asked Jesus, basically said, who do you say you are? Who do you say you are? If you say you're the Messiah, give us some kind of sign to show us that you are who you claim to be. <coughs> so what sign did Christ give the Jews to prove that he was the Messiah? What sign, what supernatural event did he show them to prove that he was the Son of God? I'm glad you asked. The resurrection. And he told them that. Matthew 12, 40. He says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights. Uh, in fact, let me back up. Verse uh, uh, 39. He says, there shall no sign be given unto you, but that is a sign of the Jonah the prophet. Then he says in verse 40, for as Jonah, talking about Jonah, was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man, who's the Son of Man? Jesus, be three days and three nights, where? In the heart of the earth. Wow. So we're clearly told here. Why don't you ask my question afterwards, Manny, if you would please. You got a question for me? Yes. Oh, go ahead. So Jesus went to Hades, but part of Abraham Jerusalem. Yes. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. He didn't go to the lower part. Now, let me tell you where, where heresy is taught here. Many people teach that Jesus Christ went to the lower part and in hell and the flames, and there he suffered to pay for our sin. That is not true. The last thing Jesus said on the cross was, it is finished, paid in full. Your sins were paid in full at the cross. He didn't have to suffer anymore after Calvary. So he did not go to the lower part and have to spend time in the flames in, the, in that part of hell to suffer and pay for our sin. Our sins are paid for at Calvary. He went to the upper part. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. That makes sense to you? Yes, sir. Okay, good question. Good question. So it clearly says the three days, three nights, he went to the heart of the earth. That was Hades. Ephesians 4, 8, 9. It said, when he ascended, talking about the ascension of Christ. By the way, when did Christ ascend to heaven? It was 40 days after his resurrection. You can read about that in Acts chapter 1. When he ascended on high, notice here, he led captivity captive. Keep that in mind. And he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, which is but that he also, What? descended first where? In the lower parts of the earth. Wow! So we're told by Christ himself, before his resurrection, after he died, he went to the lower parts of the earth. Here we're told in Ephesians that he ascended to heaven, but before he ascended, he first descended. How many know ascending means goes up? And descending means what? Go down. Are you with me? And where did he descend to? First, in the lower parts of the earth. Why? Okay. Now, again, I want you to see this. Luke 23, 42. I'll get to why in a moment. And he said unto Jesus, Lord. Now, this is the thief on the cross. He said, Lord, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You notice a couple of things. What a salvation prayer here. First of all, he acknowledged Jesus as what? Lord. He acknowledged him as God. Then he also said, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. So he realized he's going to die, but he's going to live again. And he said, you're going to remember me when thou comest in the kingdom. So he is God. He's going to rise from the dead. And he's going to rule on this earth one day in a kingdom. All in one prayer. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, today shalt thou be with me in what? So the day that Christ died, where did he go? He went to... Hades, that day. And guess who went with him? The thief on the cross. The believer. Remember, the other one did not believe on him and said, Thou be the Son of God, save thyself and us. But the one who believed, when he died, he went with Christ to Hades, the upper part, the place of comfort. Again, 
that was under the Old Testament uh, teaching there before, before uh, Calvary on the cross. All right, you with me so far? All right, let's move on. Uh, here we go with this diagram again. Let me back up because I think I skipped over something. Notice here in Ephesians 4, 8, it says, Christ, he ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. Look up here, please. Here's what happened. Why did he go to Hades? Why did he go to the lower parts of the earth, to the uh, center of the earth, the upper part? And so when he died, he ascended there. What he did, because prior to his death, all the Old Testament saints went to Hades. And so what he did, when he died, he paid for their sins. Remember, his, his sacrifice didn't cover the sin. It washed them away. Now, he went to the, them and got all the Old Testament saints and took them to heaven with him. All that time, he led captivity what? They were, in a sense, held captive there. In a sense, they had to remain there until Christ died. So now, after the cross, when we die, where do we go? Directly to heaven. We don't go here as believers because our sins have been paid for. Prior to the cross, the sins were not being paid for. They were covered. So they could not go to heaven because their sins were not paid for until the Lamb of God came to wash their sin away. And so he went down there. Don't you think they were glad to see him? And he got them all and took them to heaven. And all of the Old Testament saints are now in heaven. And so, now, that's the reason he went there. Now, think of this. In Hades, there's two compartments. The upper apartment is empty. Nobody goes there now. The lower part gets fuller every day. Because all unbelievers go there. From Cain, the son of Adam, all the way to today, all unbelievers today go to Hades, the lower part, the place of torment, and they will remain there. And I'm going to show you until the great white throne judgment. All right, let me bypass that. Here's this diagram again. Remember, this circle represents earth. And the middle part there, that central part, is called, in the New Testament, is Hades. Old Testament, Sheol. The bottom part, let me go ahead and put all of this up there. I thought I fixed this already. The top part, before Christ died, all Old Testament saints dwelt there, the upper part. Before, and now all unsaved dwell in the lower part there. The lower part is the place of torment. The upper part was called Abraham's bosom. is also called paradise. Remember that Christ told the thief of the Christ, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's the upper part. And so now Abraham's bosom and paradise is empty. They're all taken to heaven. The lower part, I told you, is getting fuller every day. Every time an unbeliever dies, that's where he goes. He goes to the lower part, the place of torment. And he cannot go to the upper part because there's a great gulf between the two. You cannot pass from one side to the other. Interesting what David said here in Psalm 86, verse 12. He said, I will praise thee, O God, O Lord my God, and with all my heart I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me, for thou hast delivered my soul from the what? Interesting. The lowest sheol. What was the lowest part? The place of torment. So David's rejoicing that God had saved him from that place of torment, the lower part. Though when David died, he went there, the upper part, and when Christ ascended, he took David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the Old Testament saints were there. He took them to heaven, and that's where they're at now. Are you with me so far? Making sense? Okay, I hope it's coming together for you. So Christ emptied Abraham's bosom. It said in Ephesians 4.8, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. All right, we're just about done here. Uh, again, the circle here, Hades. The top part was emptied by Christ after his death. The place where all unsaved go today. It's a place of tor torment. Great gulf between the two. And uh, the place where they emptied the great white throne. All right. Interesting. Look at this verse now. Uh, 
Paul spoke of paradise. Remember this verse? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. He said, I know a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell. For God knoweth such a one. By the way, who was this man? Do you mind who he was? It was Paul. <laughs> Paul was talking about himself. <laughs> For such a man was called up into the what? Third heaven. Pastor, are there three heavens? Now, if you've been here a length of time, what are the three heavens? The first heaven is the atmosphere which we breathe, where the birds fly. The second heaven is the stars and planets dwell. The third heaven is the abode of God. And so in this vision, the Apostle Paul was caught up into the third heaven. That's where God dwells. And he goes on to say, called third heaven, and I said, I knew such a man, whether in the body or by the body, I cannot tell, for God knoweth how that he was called up into what? Look up here, please. So paradise has changed from the upper part of Hades, the place of comfort where the people from the cross went, now to heaven itself. So Paul said that when he, this vision is called up to the third heaven, the place of paradise. So paradise now is where Christ dwells. So when you die now as a Christian, you go to the third heaven, you go to paradise where Paul saw in a vision. After Christ's death, all believers go directly to heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, for I'm confident and say willing weather to be absent from the body is present with what? Lord. Now in the Old Testament, when they died, absent from the body is present in Hades or Sheol. But now, after the cross, when we die, our soul leaves our body, absent the body, present with the Lord. We go directly to heaven. All right. Today, all unbelievers still go to Hades when they die. Revelation 20. Turn there, please, and we'll close with this. Revelation 20, please. We covered this a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the principle on judgment. When we talked about this, the principle of judgment. We talked about the judgment seat of Christ, of the believer, and then we talked about the great white throne judgment for the unbeliever. And here is the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20. Look with me in verse, back verse 10. Here is the last of Satan. Here he's fi judged finally. And notice where he is Cast. Verse 10, the devil that deceived them was cast where? Lake of fire. What's the Greek word for lake of fire? Gehenna. Remember that. Gehenna. The lake of fire where brimstone, fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then verse 11, John in his vision, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, the him was the Lord Jesus, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. Verse 12, I saw the dead, talking about the unsaved dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead, the unsaved dead, were judged out of the things which were written in the book according to their works. Verse 13, it says, And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it. And notice here, death and what? The word hell there is Hades. Death is where the body is. Hell is where the soul is. So there's going to be a resurrection here. All the unsaved that are in Hades will be, the body will be resurrected and their soul that's in Hades will be brought up and reunited with the body. Death and hell, it says here, delivered up the dead which are in them. Then verse 14 Death, that's where the body is, and Hades were cast where? Gehenna. This is second death. All right, look up here, please. We're just about done. Thank you for your patience. What it's saying here, from the first unbeliever of Cain to the last unbeliever until Christ returns, all unbelievers at that time, when they die, they go to the heart of the earth, the lower part of Hades, the lower part of Sheol, called the place torment. They are there now. And they will remain there. That is the county jail. 
until the great white throne, they'll be delivered up and stand before trial, and they'll be judged according to their works to determine the degree of punishment, and then death and hell will be delivered up, hell's delivered up, Hades, and then they're cast where? Lake of fire. So they're moved from the county jail to the state penitentiary. <laughs> they had the saying there. And how long will they be in Gehenna? Forever and ever and ever. How many grateful that God saved us from that place? Amen. My friend, that's worthy of praise and honor because of all he's done for us. We can, we, uh, David said, I'm so glad God saved me from the lowest hell. I'm, and so anyway, I, do you understand that now? That was a mouthful. Yes, sir, Manny. Yes. Okay, that's a good question. Does the universe include the third heaven? I don't know. Or is the universe the stars and planets? Now, we think the universe is the stars and planets, which are billions of them. That's the second heaven. So the third heaven is beyond that. So I think you're thinking it straight. Okay, that's where you go when you die. <laughs> How many can say hallelujah? <laughs> All right, thank you so much. We're five minutes over. And so next week... There'll be no service. We'll be in the one affair. The week after that, we'll get back to our study of angels, and we're going to focus on Satan himself. Let's bow together, please. Father in heaven, we covered so much tonight. And I know as a whirlwind is like taking a drink out of a fire hydrant, so much coming in. But Father, I pray that what I said made sense. They understood and can rejoice as David rejoiced that God's delivered us from that place called hell. Lord, we rejoice in the sacrifice of Christ. Because it's death on the cross. We don't have to worry about going to hell when we die. We can rejoice because we're going to heaven. Because he died and paid for our sin. His blood didn't cover our sin. It washed it away. Therefore, we can have direct access in the very presence of God through the sacrifice of your son, the Lord Jesus. His name we pray and rejoice. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.